Welcome to the Geek Sweat Podcast. We, we watch, watch films to save you hassle. It's another podcast with a filmmaking twist just for you. I am TJ and we will be bringing you hot topics in the film industry, inspiration interviews with IMDb listed filmmakers, review sweat on online series as a string, trailer talk on upcoming feature films and cult TV perspectives on classic shows worth revisiting. Between your ears and our voices, we take this opportunity to make the most of our podcast technology from CastBox, a new app that's available via Android for your podcast and entertainment needs. It's the one-stop shop for taking your podcast on the go. Hello, hello, and welcome to GeekSwit. Um, my name is Jay, and with me this evening, I have TJ. Howdy. And I have Stephen. That's my name, yep. <laughs> <laughs> Government name is only with Stephen. I've never had to introduce you before, so I just... I totally froze. So sorry, Stephen. And we've got Neo Geo on sound. Hello. Right. Okay, guys. So today we're going to be covering a hot topic. Um, and we're going to look at Warrior, the new TV series based on a treatment written by Bruce Lee, brought to life by Shannon, Sharon Lee. Shannon Lee, <laughs> who was um, Bruce Lee's daughter. And we're going Correct to play... Answer. <laughs> Okay, we're going to play a trailer for the series right now. You think you can take me on? That's the wrong question. Oh, yeah? What's the right one? Do you really want to find out? There are 25,000 Chinese living in this city. And more coming every day. You do what you have to to survive. There's about a hundred different ways it can bury you. Someone has to start fighting back. What do you want from me? Loyalty. This city's in a powder keg. We're gonna take back our city! They want a war. Let's give them one. so far. Yeah, looking at that, it looks like a Asian version of like Peaky Blinders, like in terms of like the gangland lifestyle and uh also the the dress code and it being a period drama. It looks interesting. Yeah, it's um <laughs> It's it's one of these shows that um, because it was written, you know, the treatment was written so long ago. I mean, this is um, you know a, a, a you know an idea originally from Bruce Lee when he was alive, um, and it was basically <laughs> and it was basically um, kind of the what um, if you if you know the the series Kung Fu. 
Yeah. Apparently, this was supposed to be kung fu, but that's kung fu from the seventies. Yeah, from um, the seventies. Yeah. Okay. Um, and uh, Bruce Lee was supposed to play the lead. Then they decided that they weren't going to cast an Asian because they didn't think um, the American audience would would take to it. Yeah. And so they took Warrior. They renamed it Kung Fu. They recast it. They changed the stories. Um, and so, really, this is, um, you know, his original idea coming to fruition f- finally in, um, you know, in modern modern times. And it's based in the late 1800s, 1879, I believe it's based. Okay. And that's just a few years before the Chinese Exclusion Act in California. I've never heard of that. What's the Chinese Exclusion Act? So, if you... It doesn't so, sound good. No, no. <laughs> no, it's not. So basically, so um, I think it was in the 1870s they were employing and importing, sorry, immigrating lots of Chinese to work on the railroads and whatnot. Okay. And because there were so many of them coming over to work for a lot less than their, their white counterparts. Yeah. Um, so it's cheap labour. Yeah, they were pretty much brought over for cheap labour, wow. and they were exploited as well. Yeah. Um, and this kind of covers, um, you know, covers that era um, when you know there were so many coming over, and the Irish at that time, who was who were the original workforce, yeah, um, started not getting work because of the the cheap labour that the Chinese were willing to do. So they started to revolt. So, of course, you know, I mean, it's actually the way history is repeating itself if you kind of look at what Trump's doing with Muslims. Yeah. Um, So it's um, kind of goes back to that era and the whole premise behind this was that Bruce Lee wanted to tell Chinese stories from a Chinese perspective and point of view. And so he wanted to cover this um, this time period um, because it's relatively untouched in history books. Yeah. Um, so, it sounds yeah. controversial. Like they they don't want to reveal anything that happened in that era because that would bring up a lot of attention to the surface. Well, you still got all the other stuff with the Native Americans, really. So, yeah. I mean, this is just one of those things. I mean, e- even even the UK has hidden, yeah. you know, Chinese laws. Yeah, you know, laws that affected the Chinese specifically. Um, specifically. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think um, from memory, the Chinese Exclusion Exclusion Act. Um, it, it it was one of those acts which originally affected Native Americans, but then was expanded to the Chinese. Chinese. Yeah, and um, so it was. You know, they made it illegal to work without being there legally. Yeah. Um, and then of course to prove that you were there legally was also difficult. difficult yeah. You weren't allowed to pay, play witness to, and sorry, give evidence. As in a court. witness in okay. court, wow. that kind of thing. You weren't allowed to own land. So that would make it very vulnerable. So, then. Yeah, mm, well, yeah. you. The, basically it meant that, um, yes, we will exploit you for your hard work and your cheap labour. So you're like a ghost citizen. But you won't, you, yeah. you won't have the same privileges as everybody else. Sure. Um, and that was brought in mainly because... Um, you know, Chinatown was growing. Yeah. And, you know, as xenophobia goes... Yeah. Um, they they got scared, really. I mean, it looks like there's like three different types of conflicts going on, which is obviously like the Chinese community against the legal situation they're in. 
the Chinese community against the Irish labour force. And there seems to be another thing called the Tong Wars. Yeah. So the Tong the- Wars is basically your organised criminal gangs. Yeah. Um, back in those days, they were called the Tongs. Yeah. Um, and so it was basically... Um, you know, this is a story about three three Tong families, three very powerful families, um, who basically kept to themselves um, yeah. until they were kind of forced into conflicts with each other. Wow. Um, and with those conflicts, they were then forced into conflicts with, um, with you know, the laws of that time. Yeah, sure. With the government and things like that. Um but there's there's like under um you know other stories going on as well with the yeah. parliament and and the mayor there um and also the police force as well and do you think these are like cleverly addressed in the series warrior to be honest i or accurately even i don't know how accurate it is <laughs> because okay. i wasn't there at the time yeah sure sure um but certainly what i love about this the 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 series is that um it's been such a long time since we've had such a large Southeast Asian cast. Sure. And this has actually kind of um, contributed in a, in, a, in, a, in a good way um, toward diversity on, on, on screen. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, it's a story that, you know, because it hasn't really been told before as well mm. in the setting. I mean, it's such a, you know, environment-rich setting, you know, um, you've got the the Irish who are angry at the Chinese. You've got the, you know, the mayor and and you know the capitalists who are you know depending on cheap Chinese labour, um, and you've got so many conflicts there, so many conflicts, it, and they were existent at the time as well. Yeah. So it's a very interesting kind of loose lesson on history, um, yeah. I should say. I mean, the thing is, it seems like um, this could be like a new era for Bruce Lee uh, being recognised for his uh, creative input as a storyteller and not just as the martial artists with a Zen philosophy. What do you think? Um, in a way, um, because I've seen the entire first <coughs> season now and they've only, um, just as this um, season started, um, they had the go-ahead to to do season two so I'm, I'm really hyped about season two coming out mm. but this was released in april yeah um and so n- next year we'll get season two um i for- totally forgot my train of thought now <laughs> can i step in there because it, <laughs> sure, sure. it seems like uh this is something that has been like 50 years on the the back burner or what we could say like development hell and yeah. um who do you think are the key um, individuals who have helped bring it to the screen because you said that the daughter's involved, yeah. but is it has he collaborate? Have they collaborated with a, spe- a specific type of filmmaker or cast? Yeah, yeah, to make it happen? yeah. So, um, so I think it was only in year two thousand, Shannon Lee became kind of like the overseer for you know the the legend that is Bruce Lee. Oh, the the Bruce Lee estate, the the, the, the legacy of Bruce Lee. Okay, cool. Um, and um. Um, so basically her mother kind of sent over all of these boxes for her to plough through yeah. and, and oh, she wow. found the treatment for um, this Amazing. TV series yeah. as well as a few others. Sure. 
Um, and Justin Lin, who is the director for the Fast and, and Furious, Furious yeah. um, series. Um, I think it's episode, um, I think it's Fast and it, Furious Tokyo Drift. Yeah, ironically, he, he did three to six, and he's now doing nine. He Fast also did Fu- Star Trek Beyond as well, which ah, is like yeah, a yeah, big yeah. film as well. So. Um, Basically, he kind of heard rumours about this this Western yeah. cowboy Chinese TV series that wow. Bruce Lee was working on. So this must be like and digging for treasure or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, and he got just got wind of it, and he kind of gave Sharon Lee a phone call and yeah. said, um, "Do you know anything about this?" And yeah. she was like, "Yeah, I've, wow, I've." got it i've i've found it amazing um and so they started um collaborating yeah. um of course th- there wasn't a script yeah um because this is just based on his ideas and you know um his drawings and yeah. you know just what he he wanted to happen Sketching, yeah. and, you know yeah. so you know the, the idea was there the premise was there yeah um and then they brought on who was it um Oh, let's see. Who was it? I mean, I just want to say, add one thing to this, because it seems like Shannon Lee and Justin Lin have met for the first time in 2014. So Mm. it's been quite a quick turnaround considering how long it's been on the back burner, almost like dead in the water. Yeah, well, she only found it, what, in, you know, early 2000s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it'd been hidden all that time after his death. Um, well, actually ever since well probably even around the time Kung Fu came out because wow. Kung Fu was actually supposed to be Warrior yeah, yeah. but they didn't want to cast him as an Asian lead, lead yeah. so they basically repackaged it as Kung Fu and when you say him was that like Warner Studios or Warner Brothers was it Warner Studios I'm not sure Miramax um, one of the studios I don't think Miramax were, was Miramax went around when uh, Kung Fu came out I think I'll, I'll find out. Who, Weinstein's company. We yeah. shall find out. We, I'll find out who um, put that out there. But, uh, um, so, yeah. I'm, no, I'm, the thing is, I'm just excited that um, uh, somebody, i.e., Sharon Lee, has gone into the uh, mm. Bruce Lee archives, as it were, and they've just plucked something out there and it's taken five years to get into development. It feels like mm. there could be something else around the corner mm. if. Um, there's other stuff um, to consider or look at. But yeah, it was Warner Brothers. Uh, Warner Brothers were the distributors of um, yeah. the TV series Kung Fu, so I'm expecting yeah. that they would be the ones And they didn't want to cast an Asian. Yeah, I mean, looking at it, um, it says created by Ed Spielman, Jerry, Fro- Jerry Forp and Herman Miller, which they don't look like Chinese names to me. So it looks mm. like they've no, ripped they, they the story wholesale. They from did, yeah. they did. And they changed it as well um, mm. because obviously the story that they told in Kung Fu was not actually his original idea, but yeah. the idea of a Kung Fu TV series yeah. um, was his. Stephen, um, you look like yeah. you want to jump in and say something. <laughs> <laughs> He's picking something up. What, yeah, are you yeah. still trying to... You're amazed that, um, what is it, uh, David Carradine was allowed to play this role instead of Bruce Lee? No, mm. I just I was trying to think, well, uh, Kung Fu, what, what series am I thinking of? Monkey. Monkey? Yeah. Mm. No, that was quality. <laughs> That's not not Monkey. I love Monkey. That's what I was trying but to But can I say the ironic thing about Monkey? Because Monkey is supposed to be a Chinese... Uh, based on Chinese legend, yep. but it was made by Japanese actors. Mm. Yeah, so that's a that's la- that kind of lacks its own sense of authenticity or integrity, as it were. But um, 
I'm, I'm regionally it's closer, but I think this is. But it's still better than a white person playing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's not just which, is, which was probably quite common back then as well, because yeah. when you think about it, yeah. um, you know, it was very common for black face, yellow face, yeah, yeah. all of that. And, you know, which just wouldn't fly these days. You, I mean, you, you'd just get nailed to the wall. I mean, Kung Fu was made in, um, what was it, 1972 to 1975. So I'm wondering if the short run was because they'd stolen an idea and they didn't have the depth that Bruce Lee had to take it forward. And ironically, it's got the, the atypical blue-eyed blonde who was in a lot of uh, feature films and TV series at the time, Sandra Locke. Starring alongside uh, David Carradine as well. Mm. Yeah, and sorry, what I was going before when I kind of lost my train of thought. What I was going to say is that in in the series you could see quite a lot of mm. Bruce Lee influence in there. Okay, um, they they've got some of his you know his his you know Dialogue? moves. Oh, okay, his you know the, and um, Andrew Koji, who's um, who plays the lead in this. Yeah. Um, you know, just the way he moves, um, his his. Oh, we're talking about warrior now. Yeah, yeah, yeah we're talking about back, yeah. going back to warrior. Yeah, we're not yeah. talking about kung fu. No, Sorry no, no. about that. Kung fu. I know nothing yeah. about kung fu other than what. And that's kung fu the series. <laughs> yeah, uh, kung Jamie fu can still be a kung fu expert. We don't know. Um, yeah. So um, yeah, no, it's got a lot of his mannerisms. Um, although he's yeah. made the character his own, just yeah. his stances are very Bruce Lee like. Yeah. Um, so it's yeah. a nice way to pay homage. Yeah. I mean, yeah, even the outfit is, is, is weird because I'm seeing him there's a picture on this uh, article from NBC News but we've got a picture of Andrew Koji wearing kind of like a white grandpa shirt and black trousers mm. which seem to be quite similar to some of the outfits that Bruce Lee had worn in his own yeah. Uh, yeah. feature films as well yeah and there's a bit of his philosophy coming through in in the yeah. series as well so. I mean what I'm thinking is quite interesting is I'm seeing like how would this character kind of stay pure and intentional towards his philosophy with so much corruptive activity and influence around him because he's obviously got the gangs, the wars, and it seems like he needs to kind of, the character in Warrior at least, has to kind of find his own pathway despite all of the chaos that's going on yeah. around him and well, prejudice. Um, in the uh, very first episode, you, you see kind of him stepping off the boat, you know, fresh off the boat, as they say. Okay. Um, and he steps into a fist fight straight away because oh. he just refuses to be treated yeah. second class. Um, and the first episode is called The Itchy Onion. Uh, yeah. um, is that a kind of onion, have any meaning? Onion is kind of ch- Cantonese slang for oh. kind of lower class gum. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, so you would also, just to say it in Cantonese would be chun. Yeah. And that's just That's onion, an offensive word. You wouldn't want to be called that. And that would be, well, it's a slight. It is a yeah. slight. Um, okay. But it's not a racist term because yeah. Chinese call each other that. Yeah, yeah. Um, just to kind of express, you know. I mean, can I, can I say some of the titles of these episodes? So the episode one's called The Itchy Onion. Then episode two is called There's No China in the Bible. Episode three is called John Chinaman. Episode four is The White Mountain. Episode five is The Blood and the Shit. And episode six is Chewed Up, Spit Out and Stepped On. Episode seven is The Tiger and a the Fox. Then episode eight is They Don't Pay Us Enough to Think. Episode nine is Chinese Boxing. And episode 10 is If You're Going to Bow, Bow Low. So yeah. it it feels like this series is not going to 
pull any punches on what the Chinese experience was oh, at that no. time. I, I, I mean, like, I, I have to say this, you know, just talking about him stepping off the boat, that first 10 minutes of the first episode, for me, was actually, oh, my God, I can't believe they're using those words. I mean, like, people have mm. trouble with the N-word, and here you've got the C-words and yeah, every yeah. other, col- you know, and every other, you they know. They use the C-word in this one. Yeah, a lot. Wow. A lot, and it was actually very hard hearing it. And it, the bad and it, C word and it, that we're talking about, the, exactly. the women's one, yeah. and wow. um, or the the CC word even, um, wow. and to not have heard it for so long, and then to hear <laughs> it, confused, <laughs> his Cornish ears can't even compute what. Um, and, and then to hear it as you know, so many times in a space of ten minutes, because you know the the, the whole. F- the first scene is, you know, go back home. Yeah. You know, which is what we hear now. Yeah. You know. <laughs> so the interesting thing is it's like it was a fight just to kind of set foot onto yeah. the land. Yeah. Because that, that, um, it, it kind of takes you through the whole um, Irish, yeah. you know, contingency fighting back, you yeah, know, because yeah, yeah. obviously they've lost all of these jobs because of this influx of Chinese workers. Yeah, yeah. Um, and from what I could gather, they worked for half yeah. half the price that the Irish would work for. Wow. Yeah. You know, some, something like um, $8 a day versus the $16 a day, which yeah. the Irish would expect. Yeah. And the Chinese would be doing more work and getting more done wow. yeah, for yeah. that same for for which, less money, which we're kind of seeing people have arguments about now in this current political climate in the UK. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, Chinese aren't called yellow fingers for no reason, and that yeah. that all stems from the calluses the, of working. No, it, it stems from the gold rush because oh. Chinese were very good at finding gold okay. where where they where no one else could. Wow, and it's because. I, probably just more meticulous, yeah. Um, you know, a bit more, you know, willing to go the extra more, mile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, if job's worth doing, it's worth doing, doing well. well yeah. um, but, you know, in those times, you know, it was worth doing well for pittance in yeah. comparison to what other people were expecting. And so, you know, that was an exploitation yeah. that um, America took mm. advantage of back then. Have you seen the um, film Gangs of New York, the Martin Scorsese yes. film? Did did you see any echoes of gangs of New York's like the violence oh, and the yeah. street violence in yeah. this story as well? I mean, it's the same thing. It's the yeah. same thing, just a different culture, and, yeah. y- and they do it in a very very different way. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, you you've got the whole you know your your, your different gang syndicates. You know, yeah. they all kind of toe the line. They don't cross the line until yeah. someone crosses the line, yeah, yeah, and yeah. then it's all on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's exactly the same with this. Because because one thing I wanted to say was, um, do you think I mean, it seems like the the, the answer is obvious, but had Bruce Lee been given the opportunity to make this production the way that he wanted to make I it? I don't think he would have been allowed to. I, I really don't think. Yeah. Because if they were so willing not to cast him in a lead role because he was Asian, yeah. there is no way that he would have allowed them to, to, to tell the story, yeah. un, you know, from the eyes of an Asian. Yeah. But do you think it's hard to watch this story now and think, you know what, he could have influenced so many retellings of this type of period drama story in future? Like if you had a chance to put this out 20 years ago or 30 years ago, do you think? Because it feels like it could be very influential looking at it now. 
to be honest, I, 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 I couldn't tell you. I couldn't yeah. tell you. I mean, like so many people have tried in the past, yeah. you know, I, I don't think he's the first to want to have told this kind of story. Yeah. Um, but we've waited 50 years for it, haven't yeah, we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure there are others that we just that just haven't surfaced. Mm. Um, I, I think the reason why this has kind of come to the forefront yeah. is because, it, you know, it, it is a Bruce Lee legacy yeah. um, treatment yeah. and product. Um, and also, you know, um, he's he's got this, you know, the legacy that has followed him after his death – yeah. And he's got such a huge fan base. And, the, you know, the fan base is, you know, consists of people who haven't even, who weren't even around in his era. You know, yeah. these, are, these are people who, you know, who found him well after his, his passing. Yeah. You know, um, and, you know, and even with his martial arts, his Wing Chun and, you know, his philosophy as well. You know, a lot of people live by his philosophies too. Okay. So, I mean... Stephen, uh, do you, have you considered how um, Warrior might be like a new wave of change of how uh, Southeast Asians are represented on screen? Um, yeah, could be. <laughs> There's a big yeah. feature film out last year called, um, uh, was it Crazy Rich Asians and stuff like that? Do you think that, because like, this is like, okay, how do we represent Southeast Asians now in 2018? Mm. And now we've gone back 50 years. So which... Um, but but I, the, the, there's a difference between repre representation back then and representation now, because yeah. obviously, once again, this representation here in yeah. Warrior is you've still got Asians playing the immigrant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The modern day representation yeah. is more about colorblind casting it's about right. we're part of western society now yeah you yeah, know yeah. The western society is a huge melting pot yeah. of ethnicities and the representation isn't there for yeah. southeast asians if you look closely yeah yeah um i mean for, for decades you've had the token black guy you, yeah you've had the token do you think there's been a token like chinese or southeast asian guy because star trek obviously had uh like that was Sulu. the first though that was the yeah. very one of the very first and that was the only one for 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 years, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, there wasn't another one for. What would you say who, was, who the, was next? the next one after after Zulu? What What would you What would you say is the next big project? Because I I wouldn't be able to pick one out to be honest. Jackie Chan, maybe in the eighties. Yeah, well, I mean the thing is though, Jackie Chan. I mean, he he was a you know thing, Hong the, Kong star, movie star in, in his own right yeah. before he he tried to Put break Quark. America. Uh, Burt Kwok in Pink Panther in the seventies. He did, did a lot of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm not familiar with that the, one, actually. The thing, is, the thing is, the Jackie Chan era, I think, was backed up by the fact that um, there was a little-known series with Jonathan Ross uh, where he was promoting um, alternative feature films, mm -hmm. and he kind of backed Jackie Chan's uh, series of films to the hill, and he got them screened on Channel 4. And I think Jonathan Ross and his film review at the time um, opened up Channel 4 viewers to this new martial artist who was like Bruce Lee but was doing comedy and seemed to be doing everything action mm, and a lot and of people love every watching other bone in his yeah body. yeah yeah because <laughs> I, I think Jackie Chan's uh, films as well um, may have been one of the first introductions to people paying attention I mean obviously I think Burt Reynolds did it in his comedy outtakes for Smoking a Bandit I think it was but 
Jackie Chan was doing post credit scenes of like the outtakes and the cuts but these were like the stunts that went wrong and mm. I think that lent a greater appreciation to the stunts that came in the film before so I think there was a built-in audience definitely in the UK for Jackie Chan but I think with Burt Kwok that was more like that felt like it was a token character in, in the Pink Panther at least anyway because mm. he was basically the house servant who had to attack the master yeah to mm. to train him and obviously Peter Sellers is a comedy genius, but I think... But Burke Rock was in more than just Pink Panther. What else is Burke Rock in? <laughs> Off, let's, let's, uh, thanks. Yeah. Let's bring um, him up. <laughs> Doctor Who he was in. Doctor Who? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, I can't imagine he was in Doctor Who. Which, which uh, Doctor did he play with? Um, he was in a fifth Doctor story. Who's the fifth Doctor? Uh, uh, Peter Davison. Peter Davison. Okay, cool. Okay, so Burke Walk, uh only lived twice. Let's see what he was, else he was in. Because um, he would have been in the 70s. Yeah. Um, Hammer House of Mystery. He was playing High Lee. He was Mr. Chen in the brief. He was on the Kenny Everett show, apparently. So mm. Curse of the Pink Panther. But yeah, I mean, that's a long wait. I mean, Doctor yeah. Who, 1982. And it's quite sparse as well. Yeah. In, in terms of casting Southeast Asians. Yeah, yeah, It's always yeah. been quite sparse. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You know. So is it, because the thing is, it's like, um, I mean, there's, there's a massive contrast, obviously, between Crazy Rich Asians, mm. which is about affluent uh, people from the Southeast Asian community mm -hmm. and the immigrants from the uh, 1870s. But the representation is at the right level. So do you think the combination of these two projects coming out in the same 12 months, is that going to open us up to new projects or do we need to create a bigger platform for that to exist i think it's opening doors yeah um especially for southeast asians in the performing arts sector yeah yeah, yeah. um i don't think it's quite there yet um mm. but i th i think you know now that the conversation is well and truly opened yeah um i th i think you know you, you you're going to get there i mean hollywood's yeah. kind of started yeah. doing a lot more because um, the thing is sorry to interrupt but the thing is it's like the point I was trying to get at before is that you've got probably one of the greatest martial artists and perhaps one of the greatest film artists who's had his creativity creative output stunted so to speak for eight, for 50 years and had his work had the opportunity to come out he could have been like an influential artist in kind of a, a David Lynch or a Alejandro Jodorowsky where maybe other Southeast Asian artists or filmmakers I think he already is content. even posthumously I think he yeah. is or I think he already is in his own right an sure. inspiration um, to the younger Chinese generation I mean uh, you grow up you know not seeing much of representation on TV and then all yeah. of a sudden you see the occasional film or the occasional you know TV program with an Asian in it. Yeah. And it's kind of like, okay, well, if they can do it, maybe yeah, yeah, I can. Yeah. And the more you see of that, yeah. the more encouragement you have to pursue yeah. it, but to pursue that kind of career. Yeah. If you know what I mean. So, yeah, I, I, I think, you know, yeah, I think he already has. I think he already did that. I, I think he's still doing that. Okay. I mean, the thing is, I think the great thing about the Project Warrior, especially with it being an English speaking project now, is uh, 
that you can create a whole dynasty or a wave or generation mm. of Southeast Asian actors that can get recognised mm. globally at the same it's time. It's interesting well. the way they deal with language in Warrior because um, even though the um, the lead actor um, Andrew Koji speaks English, yeah, um, he's throughout the the series they actually speak to each other in Cantonese and then they morph into English. Okay, so they start the conversation in Cantonese so okay. that it cues you that they're speaking in Cantonese and then they switch to English so that you can understand them. Is that because so, they're wary of who's around them or is it just a political way of... No, that's the way just the way them? they've decided to, to film it, to, to show... Because it's, it's, it's quite distracting having to read subtitles all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so the reasoning... Because um, Jonathan Troper, who's the actual writer, yeah. um, he was saying that, you know it's actually more immersive if you can understand them yeah, straight yeah. off the bat. So the first few lines that they might be speaking will be in Cantonese and That's then sure. they'll morph it into speaking English. Excellent. So, But you know that they are speaking to each other in Cantonese, but yeah, 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 they yeah. are actually speaking in English for the sake of the f for, of filming. Of the audience, yeah. If, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah. Okay. So it's very cleverly done. Yeah, um, yeah. Okay, I'll, I'll be yeah. really looking forward to watch that. So um, just to kind of close, I mean, what, what, do you, what are your hopes for maybe Warrior Season 2 or perhaps the next 12 months of representation? Do you think Amazon are ahead of the curve or is it something else? I think others are going to follow suit. I, I, you know, because, you know, people do have a thirst for the martial arts. I mean, you know, it's such a prominent part of life. You know, so many people do martial arts as a hobby. Mm. Um, and, you know, we haven't had, you know, a good martial arts TV series for such a long time. Yeah. Um, and even, you know, martial arts movies. You Actually, know, we... Iron Fist is the one that yeah? people should not look at <laughs> as a comparison. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, th I think it's, you know, it's been a long time coming. Yeah. Um, and it's, you know, just great to see, you know, you know, something that is, you know, very richly Southeast Asian in a lot of ways. Um, that hasn't been whitewashed and hasn't been diluted. And it is quite raw. It is quite, you know, in your face. I mean, the amount of race, racist comments in, in, the, in the series, it really takes, you know, it really kicks you in the gut a little bit if, if, if you're, you know, if, if you're aware of, you know, the, you know the, the jargon back then and, you know, even some of that now, mm. the jargon used now in terms of, you know, slights and insults and whatnot. Okay. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to season two. I'm looking forward to s seeing what happens next. Um, I won't give too much away in terms of, you know, season one, but um, I do recommend just watch it, um, you know, make up your own decision. I, I enjoyed it. It was a hard watch for the first um, first episode, actually, the first couple of episodes. It was a hard watch. Yeah. Um, but it was really, um, you know, it, it really did suck me in a bit. Yeah. Okay. It, it, I did really um, enjoy it. Well, I think it was it was more difficult because of the um you know the racism. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm looking forward to the immersive world. Not so much the racism, but I suppose <laughs> I, I really want to see how this plays out. Mm. So that might be my next series to watch. Yeah, now. it's all filmed in Cape Town as well, South Africa. Wow. They, they built an an entire replica of San Francisco. Amazing. They, they That's built. Weird. The they normally use Toronto as um yeah. San Francisco. Yeah. yeah they, oh, wow. You know, built the whole Irish Quarter replica of Chinatown. And wow. Yeah. Okay. That's so, an interesting factoid. Yeah. Useless information. 
But anyway, um, right, you reckon you'll probably see it soon? Um, I, I mean, I've just started Dark Shadows, which is 1,200 <laughs> episodes. <laughs> so I, I could schedule it for probably 2,026, maybe? Yeah, yeah. yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> I, I think, I, I, well, speaking of the word dark, I'm, I'm watching the series Dark at the moment now, or at least season two. So I think once I get past another eight episodes of that, I think Warrior will be the next one to turn to. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Thanks, Jamie. Right, that's us to wrap up. Thank you very much. My name is Jay, and we've been talking with Trevor, TJ. Thank you. Ciao now. And Stephen. Cody. Cheers. And thank you to Gio. Bye. Bye-bye.